0: Welcome back to the show. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, our interview with uh, Tom Davidoff uh, during the four o'clock hour. The first uh, half of the four o'clock hour. I want to talk a little bit about Surrey policing as well. And one gentleman who's uh, following all of these issues is uh, our next guest, Richard Zussman, is, is Global BC's legislative reporter, and he joins us now. Hello, Richard.
1: Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the issue of housing just for a moment here. Uh, I had Eric Woodward on the show uh, on Monday and uh, he expressed incredible concern uh, for uh, for communities like his. I think he's got like 2,800 acres in his community where it, It says Greenfield. In other words, it needs to be developed, it needs to be zoned. So lots of future housing there. uh, Mr. Woodward's concern is that, look, we're building all the right housing that that the region wants, townhomes, condominiums, row homes. Uh, And we've been doing all the consultation that's been required over the last 10 years. We've got other communities planned. And now with this overarching uh, bill 44 the province's uh housing legislation that throws all that consultation out everything's been pre-zoned and the, victoria is big footing us my understanding is brenda locks over there in victoria as well this week expressing that same concern same frustration i also see on social media a couple of uh, coquitlam councillors now saying it may put in jeopardy a, a community center and some development there as well is uh, i wouldn't call this a, a suburban revolt but uh are we seeing um, some of the holes in this legislation?
1: Yeah, and I spoke to Mayor Locke about this yesterday. She was at the legislature uh, speaking to Housing Minister Ravi Callon. and one of the big issues she raised is the fact the city just can't keep up with the needs for other amenities, services, infrastructure that comes with housing. And I am stunned that we haven't heard yet from the minister a plan to say Municipalities, we hear your concerns. We will earmark this amount of money and these types of resources to you to ensure that you have the sewers that you need, to ensure you have the roads that you need, to ensure you have schools and hospitals to keep up with that housing growth. Because without that, municipalities like Langley Township, like Surrey, to lesser extent Coquitlam, they can't keep up with the needs that they must provide if they are going to put in housing and the frustration is great it's also just you know not to get into the weeds too much but these municipalities are still struggling just to understand the unintended consequences of this legislation what does it mean for things like floodplains what does it mean for things like Uh, community structure and development and because the legislation is coming so fast and furious many people i've spoken to said they've been on these long uh, technical briefings with staff but many of their questions they've had for provincial staff have gone unanswered and that is a frustration for municipalities as they are in essence being told well you build it don't ask any questions because this is what we've determined is the priority
0: your your comments about Uh, funding being set aside Uh, first of all one would assume that's massive amount of funding when you just talk about the physical infrastructure of sewer pipes that need to go into Surrey into Langley many other communities across this province I can't see uh, the provincial government wanting to pay for that number one and then what I hear quite a bit also is that communities have wanted to build uh, subdivisions and they've had to say no why because BC Hydro just hasn't built a substation, yeah. just cannot provide the power. So in some ways, housing supply is being impacted by BC Hydro not having built substations, just haven't provided power in certain areas. So I can't see the provincial government saying, well, here's some extra dollars that'll take care of it That's a huge, huge amount of liability the provincial government uh, uh, puts itself in, not to mention the billions of dollars that would be required for that.
1: Yeah, but it's part of the responsibility for ensuring that housing is there. And they have the tools, the province does, to tap into financial resources. So there needs to be some sort of financial strategy here to say to municipalities, we acknowledge and understand that you are going to have a financial burden here. Here is how we are going to step into support. And you're right. The price tag will be astronomical, But the crisis is astronomical, is the largest thing facing municipalities in the province. And if getting sewers is the one impediment here to housing, the province needs to show the leadership here and say, fine, we won't cover all of the bill, but we can help support in some way, help low interest loans, help with all these things to assist municipalities and say, well, now that we're here with what you need, you better build and you better make sure that those developments are done. because." We need to solve this crisis in our community.
0: Do you think that this legislation is just too big, too unwieldy? We've talked about sewer, which is one of the hiccups. We've talked about power, another hiccup. Um, and then, if you you know you go beyond that just just for a moment, uh, all of these communities uh, only have so much staffing. Number one, to to get yep. all of this approved, you know that that that's a that's a huge issue. Um, do you think at, at the end of the day that the the provincial government is just maybe bitten off a little too much because these are such broad, general, sweeping pieces of legislation? And I get where they're coming from, and I don't disagree with it. But to implement it, it seems like it's kind to be almost very very difficult big
1: problems need big solutions and big solutions are complicated (laughs) for all of the reasons we have outlined and municipalities can keep putting up concerns after concerns and, and they are legitimate issues but i think part of it here is let's just get on with it let's figure out the issues let's put the legislation in place let's move on and then we can work through these situations that are coming up because if we always deem these things too big, too complex, we will never solve them. Yeah, I- yes. There are lots of, there are lots of problems, Jazz. You raised them accurately. Maybe it's too much, too fast, but I think the thought of the province is, well, we can, we can tinker with the edges once we grind through just getting these things uh, passed and and out the door.
0: And, and God bless them, but I don't know how they're going to create more <laughs> construction workers, first of all. We're, 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 we need yeah, more of those. True, true. And their own true. numbers. We had the finance minister on earlier during the show, and and, and, and the finance numbers show that we're going to have less housing built next year. And it's just for next year, and it's an estimate. I understand that. Uh, but there's some huge challenges between our aspirations and the mechanics of getting there, and That that's for sure. Alright, let's go to the open line. We'd love to hear from you. Do you like the plan that we actually need housing? Let's get on with it. Uh, I'm glad Victoria did what it, it did in regards to housing, or do you think there should be some local control or greater local control? Uh, let's go to Adam and Langley. Hi, Adam.
2: Hey, Josh. Thank you. Um, you know, obviously, we all know that there is a housing crisis. That's pretty clear. But there's also this, you know, I think culture wolves bleed into everything, and this is part of it. What kind of life do you want and quality of life do you want? Suburban people left the city for a reason. They don't want to live in more dense populated areas. And I think, you know, look out Chilliwack, look out Abbotsford, here comes the Langley people.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But one would argue, I mean, the minute you, and, and I'm, there's no war, I'm not, I'm, this is, I'm just using this as an example. The minute you set aside, let's say we're going to preserve single family housing, I use that as an example. You exclude a lot of people today in regards to providing housing. I hear it from young people working at the station just trying to get into just add, you know, getting on the first step of the ladder when it comes to housing. It's just so hard. What do you say to that argument, Adam, that, look, uh, we have to make a different different varieties of housing have to be provided. Uh, and we're not building them fast enough.
2: I mean, that is absolutely true, and especially on the West Coast. I mean, the cost of living and getting into a detached house is out of range for most people. I, there's no clean answer to it, but I, I think that having, you know, Victoria and the, the province just, you know, use a us to say this is what you have to do, uh-huh. I don't think it leaves a good taste in the mouth of the people who decided to move into suburban neighborhoods to begin with.
0: Thanks for your call, Adam. Really appreciate it. I think that's really true. I think you've got to be a little careful. The province has to be a little careful. I think people do want to see more housing built. At the same time, they're very close and connected to their community, and closely connected to the City Hall as well, and hopefully feeling they have some control of the destiny of how that community is shaped. Let's go to uh, Simone in Surrey. Hi, Simone. Uh, Yes,
1: and I've got the solution to all of this. Um, especially after the announcement
2: today about the Me Too clause uh, with the Surrey police. I say, let's keep the RCMP and use that $150 million towards
0: housing. If <laughs> only hey, it was so easy. So. But, I mean, I appreciate your call, Simone. Um, we, should, we haven't touched on this, and it's a variety of stuff we're talking about today. I did tweet out, uh, I was calling a few folks, my sources tell me, It looks like the uh, budget uh, that the Surrey police will be asking for moving forward uh, for next year is between 70 and 90 million. Most of that, I'm told, is operating. A small amount of that is for capital, but somewhere between 70 and 90 million. Now, hopefully, the city has contingencies. If it's just going to be strictly billed to the taxpayers, I'm told that's a potential 18 to 20 percent property tax increase. And that would be the mother of all property tax increases. Uh, Richard, how do you see things in regards to this policing thing?
1: Yeah, so I spoke to the mayor yesterday, Mayor Locke, and you know she said some of the costs that aren't being accounted for, some of these capital costs you mentioned, yep. you know having to establish detachments across the community, they haven't factored in a number of these sort of uh, hiring costs, uh, plus on top of that, and now they have the meet two clause that could come into effect where Surrey police service officers will get paid the same as the Vancouver police officers getting their raises. So all of this puts tremendous pressure, and it's not factored in to that money that the public safety minister, Mike Farnworth, promised to the people of Surrey. So there are going to be overruns here that's going to lead to significant pressure. And We know whenever governments get in trouble financially, that gets passed on to the taxpayers. So I don't think the solution is cancelling the transition and putting the money to housing, but it's a creative one. And we're going to need creative solutions in Surrey, uh, or else the people there are going to have to pay a big uh, increase when it comes to their property. Tax. Yeah, the
0: only only guarantee is this will be a story in 2024. That I can guarantee. <laughs> Let, let's go to uh, George in Abbotsford. Hi, George.
1: Good afternoon, Chaz. Chaz, this pressure the provincial government's on and pressuring down to the municipalities, mm. it stems from Ottawa. Some four years ago, we were hearing about a rental, a shortage of rental housing in major cities in Canada. And isn't it ironic? It's, it's a twist that that's the same time frame Trudeau significantly increased the immigration levels. He knows the yeah. crisis we're in now, and he will not cut back the immigration levels. George, so we, George we're re, re, out from under this.
0: Yeah, George, I appreciate your call. I mean, George raises a very good point. We have a shortage of housing. Unless we build more housing, if we can't do that right now, infrastructure, Lack of labor is part of that. Uh, red tape, one would argue at City Hall. One could argue that as well. But, Richard, the other issue at the end of the day is you've got to cut back on immigration, uh, on international students, temporary foreign workers, all of that. That's the only other way I can think of where you can reduce the impact on, on, our, on, on housing starting into 2024.
1: Yeah, we're blaming the province here, saying it's up to them. The federal government needs to come to the table with money, too. And that money should be tied to immigration, if 18% of the immigrants coming to Canada are coming to BC, then 18% of the money for housing should be coming to BC, not 11%. Yep. We also should be receiving all the additional supports that we need to help support immigration coming here. Again, money for schools, hospitals, roadways, sewers. Pressure is pressure. So Ottawa has a responsibility here too. And I, I'm not sure, Jazz, the answer is cutting down on immigration. Maybe, but we need the workers, right? We need to ensure that people are coming in. But again, we need to find the right kind of workers, those in construction, those to do the job to build these houses. It's a complex issue. That's why we hire politicians to do it. But uh, you know, they need to find better ways to work within themselves to connect all this together to get the support that's needed to, to do this complex work.